Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Magic fans? Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They are offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prices each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is June 3rd, and we are now starting to get into the second round of the playoffs. Um, What's up, Al? What's going on, man? Man, what's up? So in today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, LeBron's comments that he had on his uh, recent show on uh, The Shop. Um, and we're going to talk a little RJ Hampton. We're going to answer some fan mailbag questions, and then we're going to go through a little tankathon as well. Um, but before we get to that, I'm not sure, Al, if you saw the latest news, but Terrence Ross was on his IGTV uh, just recently, and it, it kind of made some some headline news in Orlando. But uh, Terrence Ross's Lamborghini was stolen from a Lamborghini dealership. Uh, dealership. You believe that? Man, I, I saw the IG story when he first published it, and it, it sounds like a freaking TV show or a movie, man. Like, how does how does that happen? You you would think if you bring your car, your luxurious car, out of all things, to your dealership, it is safe. You know, it's going to be there. It's going to be protected. Um, but I feel so bad, man, because I know his wife gave him that car as a, as a birthday gift a few months back, and he loved that car. And then, man, to, to get it stolen, and not only that, but... It was stolen, and then they found it, and it was uh, totaled. It, it was a crazy story, man. I, I feel horrible yeah. for him. Yeah, it's crazy tough. So just to give you a little detail, so what ended up happening is that, because um, I'm, I'm sure people are asking, why would his car would even be in a dealership? So apparently he was getting his um, his Lambo repaired. There was some tire damage, so he was getting it repaired. Terrence Ross has only had this car for about three months, and as you mentioned, it was a gift from his wife. This car goes for about $220,000. So what ended up happening is he left the car over there. They're doing some repair, and then that night about two people went in there, and uh, I, I guess they went to an office or, or whatever, and they just grabbed keys, random keys, they weren't targeting Terrence Ross. He just grabbed random keys, went out to the lot, started checking to see which one of those cards would open up to this key. And they ended up finding the one card to that key. And it just so happened to be Terrence Ross's. So they ended up going on a joy ride um, around Winter Garden. The craziest part about this story was that this car, uh, this joy ride, they ended up reporting that it was stolen and it turned into a police chase. During this police chase, something happened with the car. I'm not sure if that they didn't fix the tire or the tire wasn't repaired just yet. But 
they ended up crashing this Lamborghini $220,000 car into a building completely total. Completely total. And what makes the story even worse is the fact the morning after Terrence Ross receives a phone call from the police saying, hey, uh, we found your car. And he's like, what do you mean you found my car? So, yeah, your car is uh, here in this area. And, oh, by the way, is total. So he had no idea. He didn't get a heads up from the dealership. No one reached out to them beforehand. He found out from the police themselves. And just like that, $220,000 car, his wife got him, gone down the drain. And not only that, but I don't know if you saw the part where he talks about getting it replaced, like getting the same car again. Apparently, it is in such high demand that the price has gone up above sticker price. And it's there's like a wait a wait list or something to get that car. So even if he wanted to get it, which I'm sure he has insurance and all that, so he could get the car back or a similar car, he cannot even get that particular car, which is the one that he likes. Um, it, but it sucks, man. Like imagine you getting the car that of your dreams in a way, and this happening to you. Like what do you do? Like it's I, I get it. You can be upset at the dealership the situation. But at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do to get the car back. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't even seem upset. If you watch his video, you can kind of see because he, when he was telling the story about it, he was actually at the Lamborghini dealership. And um, he was just kind of walking around telling a story. And uh, he seemed sad, man. He seemed like really bummed out about it because um, it didn't seem like he was going to be able to replace that exact same vehicle. And like, like you said, they they said that there was just no way that they were able to, you know, get the same car for the same price or whatever the case may be. So it just it, it sucks. And not only that, the people that were driving the vehicle, they got away. So it's not like they they caught it. That's the sucky part. Because at least if you know, hey, you took my car, you did all this crap, but you got you at least got arrested. It's a good feeling. Like, hey, at least you got cat they caught him. Nope. Not They're even. still out there running loose and doing God knows what. Man, I hope that I hope they release the footage because I would love to see. I would love to see because nobody wants to see that. But how crazy! Like just two random people just dive into a dealership, grab random keys, and boom, let's take this one. And the odds yeah. of it happening to Terrence Ross, tough. It's tough. it's movie like, bro. Like they legit broke the glass, got in, started searching through drawers, looking for keys. Like that again sounds like a TV show or a movie. Like you don't think that would happen in real life, especially at a high end, you know, car dealership. Like you would think there would be better security in place, but uh, man, definitely a tough pill to swallow if you are um, Terrence Ross. Yeah, for sure. And then at at the same time, bro, it's kind of like you know uh, he's replacing his Lambo with another Lambo. You know, so he's he's gonna be just fine. He'll be, right. yeah, oh for sure. That that's the part that at least makes me feel good. Is that no matter what he gets now, it'll be a good quality car, no problems. Like it'll be a, a dream car to me and you, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, not 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 a bad problem to have. Feel bad for him though. Three months. Imagine you get the car of your dreams. You had it for an entire three months, and then boom, that actually Crazy. happened. It didn't happen to me, but my last vehicle that I had nowhere near Lamborghini the maybe like a week after i ended up you know crashing it so it's never oh. it's never fun man never fun, oh, man. especially that big investment thank god exactly. it wasn't lamborghini because i would have cried i would have still be crying to this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um as we mentioned earlier man we're we're in the second round of the playoffs what are your thoughts so far on on the nba playoffs I'm loving it, man. So if you know me, you know that I'm not a big fan of of the big teams, you know, the Lakers, Miami, the Knicks, and the way things are playing out right now, it seems like we may have, well, we already know the Knicks are out, the Heat got swept, the Clippers and the Lakers are one game away from being sent home, which nobody would have predicted, nobody. And then you got Dame Lillard putting on an incredible show. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the last game, man, but that game legitimately felt like a video game. Um, my wife, who watches the Magic, and she watches basketball here and there, she called the last few minutes and overtime with me of that Portland and Denver game, and she legit was jumping up and down when this dude kept hitting shot after shot in the clutch. Um, it, it's insane. I think the NBA, man, like I know many people were not a big fan of the playing tournament and all that when it first got released and the idea of it. But between the playing tournament, the drama that created, and now the first round, all the drama that's happened so far, you got to love it, man. The NBA is definitely making up for what happened last season, COVID and all that craziness. 
and the fans, the way they're showing up to the arenas, being loud and supportive. Um, you can definitely tell those a hunger to to watch basketball life again. So it's been incredible. But if I had to summarize it, I'm just glad that all these big teams and, and big cities are seeing their teams uh, not being as successful as they thought they were going to be. Yeah, the the Knicks and Atlanta Hawks series was probably by far my favorite series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was watching that that Damian Lillard game, and it, it was it was unreal. It's like you know, like my man, you know he's going to take the shot. Like you know, this dude is like the best clutch, you know, shooter in the NBA right now. Like we know, and uh, the fact that he was just doing whatever he wanted was was great to see. But you know, watching Madison Square Garden, as bad as people may talk about the Knicks, and you know they haven't been in the playoffs in so long, and they've been bad. Um, seeing that atmosphere makes me really wonder, like, or not wonder, but glad to see that you know that type of basketball is back and it's 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 fun man and i i can't wait for you know the the entire nba kind of gets to that point kind of sucks to see all all this crazy drama that's happening um uh, with the fans that are that are at the game from you know the the popcorn on rust the water bottle with Kyrie, the the random fan jumping or excuse me running to the court uh apparently i i must have missed it because i read an article today that uh, they were Utah was throwing the Utah fans were throwing you know racial comments to to John and his family. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sucks to see that people are are seeing that and realizing that they're getting attention, and you start to see more of that happening because uh, stuff like that kind of ruins a game, and you don't want to see that. And um, it, it, empty water bottle or not, not really throwing it because he didn't throw the popcorn. Like if you see the video, you just kind of let the popcorn slide, but you don't shouldn't be doing that to to people at their jobs, man. I, I think that was super corny by the fans part, but you know, just to see that that playoff atmosphere. Because watching the the Knicks series uh with Atlanta in Madison Square Garden, where it was literally crazy every point, every play, people are going nuts. And then watching that same series in Atlanta, it was kind of like uh, the same. This ain't the same level of hype that we were just watching in New York. So, yeah, man. The thing is it's that Atlanta is a lot like, like Orlando. There's a lot of people from other states that have moved into Atlanta. It's a popular city, the weather and all that. It's kind of like Orlando. It's unfortunate, but like Orlando was popping in, in 2019 when we made the playoffs, that game three. I'll never forget that. But you can't compare it when you go to a team like the Knicks. They have a fan base that has grown up in New York, they're still in New York. They've been going to games since they were five years old. So you can definitely tell the different vibes in the arena, the, the, the excitement, um, the, the entire crowd are Knicks fans. I think that imagine the Magic playing the Heat in the playoffs. You're going to run into the issue of 70% Magic fans, but 30% yeah. Heat fans. And that, that's the sucky part about cities like Orlando and Atlanta is that there's so many outsiders other, from other towns that have moved in that it impacts that, unfortunately. Um, the idea is... Hopefully, we'll have enough diehard Magic fans excited about the, the team that we built here in the, over the next few years that they'll take over those seats and they won't sell them, hopefully. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. M- MSG, you can say whatever you want, but that arena was popping, all the drama going on with Trey. And man, credits to Trey because he showed up and, and he shut them all up. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's also a little tough because I kind of got used to, you know, the Magic in the playoffs and you have teams like, you know, the Miami Heat getting swept by the Bucks. Um, you got, you know, Boston only winning one game in their series, Lakers on the verge of being eliminated. Um, it makes you really, really wonder uh, with how the East is right now, if the Magic did have a full healthy roster, huh. maybe just maybe we would have been able to make some noise. And I compare it to, you know, this Hawks team. Granted, they they have really good rosters. They, they have a lot of talented players. Trey Young is is an absolute monster. Um, and the fact that they're they're really going to make it into the second round, they're in the semifinals right now. Crazy. And uh, I, I had made a comment earlier this morning. I went on a little rant uh, on my Twitter and just kind of saying, like, you know, the the difference between you know the the Orlando Magic rebuild compared to the the Mavs and and the Atlanta Hawks is really the the draft being successful in the draft. And not just being successful because you can't just randomly be successful, putting yourself in the position to get your player. And the fact that, um, you know, those franchises were able to do that and really make a quick turnaround 
um, makes me even more excited about this draft because it, to make sure that we change our trajectory, Magic has to. We we gotta we gotta hit in this draft. Like there's no there's no room for error. If we do get unlucky, then we have to make our own luck and utilize the assets that we have to put ourselves in a position to be able to draft that player because all it is is one player. And the Magic, we're not a we're not you know Orlando is not a massive market like the Lakers, like the Knicks. And you know, we can't just decide that we're gonna sign you know the best free agent out there. And the way that we're able to to become a better team is not just relying on the development, but getting that guy in the draft. And this is yeah. the draft to do it. This is the one, man. I think if if we can hit on this one, this could be the the that that it player that we can get that would make us a a much better team. Maybe not next year, but over the next few years, right? Like even Trey and Luca, like they've been amazing, but they haven't hit the playoffs. They had the success in the playoffs until the last two seasons in the case of Luca and now Trey this season. So it won't be immediate, but you're saying, man, like if we can hit on this draft, having two top 10 picks, potentially, hopefully that'll be the case. That's why I keep saying it, man. Like if we can get a top three pick, I know we won number one, right? We all won Cade. And, but even if you give me Jalen green, like that wing that can complement J.I. Markel and the rest of the squad, Man, that could be it for us. Um, so I'm excited because I think this is the year. We just need a little bit of luck. And we're about two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from, from that day that we find out where we end up. So it's going to get exciting, but we have to hit it this year because if we don't, we'll be in the middle of the road again and we cannot be there anymore. Yeah, the great news is that we are in June. So we are less than 20 days away from finding out where it is that we land because that's the next step. Find out where we land and then we kind of go from there. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the draft a little bit later, um, but what I want to kind of focus on right now is um, the the Magic were kind of the, the talk of the town for a little bit. Um, LeBron in his show, The Shop, um, and if you haven't seen The Shop, is LeBron in a barbershop, and he has um, a, a kind of a panel of guests that he's, he has on there. And in this panel, he had Jay-Z, he had Bad Bunny, Maverick Carter was there. Um, he had some other guests and the topic had come up that bad bunny was mentioning his, his time, his experience, um, joining the, the WWE cause he spent a little time there. And he had mentioned that, you know, for three months he moved to Orlando, um, to train. He didn't record any music, just moved to Orlando to train and, and prepare for it. Maverick Carter's response was, man, you moved to Orlando. I don't even want to visit Orlando. And then for a span of about a good 30 to 45 seconds, just turned into a smash Orlando topic. Um, and just to kind of give it a little, little perspective, you know, primarily it was LeBron James saying that, you know, he has PTSD because, you know, he was, he was locked down in the bubble in Orlando and he wants nothing to do with Orlando. He won't even take his daughter to Disney world. And um, Maverick Carter had made the comment, you know, it, it Orlando has no chance of free agency. LeBron's response is no chance. What if you got traded to Orlando? I'm not going. I want, I'm not going. I'll retire. You know, LeBron James traded to Orlando. Well, I'm living in Malibu, you know, and um, as a Magic fan, when you hear stuff like that, your, your first, your first mindset or my first mindset was kind of like, man, you got the face of the NBA saying that there is Orlando has no chance in free agency. How does that impact the outlook from other players? Maybe, maybe nothing, maybe everything. But in my opinion, stuff like that can be detrimental to a franchise. The the face, the face. We're not talking about Kendrick Perkins saying it. We're not talking about Russell Westbrook. Talking about LeBron James saying that I hate Orlando, pretty much. Like, dude, you just won a championship in Orlando, and you're complaining about the complaining about Orlando. Should be loving Orlando. Orlando gave you the environment to be successful in the bubble. What were your thoughts on the comments? So uh, we don't have to go too too deep into this because if you know me again, you know that I'm not a big fan of LeBron. Never have been, but. This, I guess, makes my point as to why I, I dislike him so much. Um, 
there's just no need for it, man. Like I understand it, the whole PTSD thing. And you were here for two months and locked up in a hotel. I get all that. I understand it. I think we all would feel the same way if we went through that experience. I get it. But yeah, he tweets nothing personal, Orlando. But yet the entire thing, it's it's personal. He is making it personal by saying a free agent will not go there. They have no chance. I'll retire instead of playing there. So those type of comments to me make it personal, unfortunately. Um, and what's the need for it? I know I tweeted a bunch about this topic uh, last week. And my biggest thing was, where are you from? Where were you born, LeBron James? Where did you play the majority of your career? In Cleveland, in Akron, Ohio. Like who the hell, I can definitely ask him that question. Who the hell wants to go there? Orlando, not for nothing, man, but this is the number one tourist attraction in the U.S. and in the world, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So really, we're, we're talking about who wants to come here? Why would you come here? It's a fun city. I get it. It's not a big city. It's not LA. It's not New York. I understand all that. But yeah, man, I, I get it. He was trying to be, be funny with it. I don't think he meant it the way that it came out. I really don't think so. But like you said, you're the face of the NBA. When you're attacking a city that has an NBA team in that city, like you said, it speaks volumes. All the players take notice. Um, hopefully that won't be the case. Um, but I think he took it a little bit too far. There was no need for it to be as personal as he made it. Yeah. Listen, I'm born and raised in Orlando. I'm in, I'm a true Orlandonian. Not even sure if that's what we call ourselves. (laughs) We'll go with that, but born and raised in Orlando. All right. Um, and I can probably count on my fingers how many times I've been to Disney. You know, it's not, not much. There's yep. way more to Orlando than Disney. It's not our fault, right? That you got stuck in a bubble, but you're welcome for giving you a championship. You're welcome. And he shouldn't really complain. Listen, when it comes to Orlando, Orlando Magic have always been on the side of not liking the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. From Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to now LeBron James. Just Somehow, some way, we're on the other side to where we really just don't like the best player in the NBA. It's kind of the way that it is. Now, all time against the Orlando Magic, you know, LeBron is kind of kicking our ass. 20 to 37. He's averaged 25.4 points per game, about seven assists and seven rebounds. So he plays really well all time against the Orlando Magic. At the same time, we kind of have his number in the playoffs. You know, we're four and two against LeBron James in the playoffs. Granted, you know, one series, but... You know, it's not, it's, it's this or that, whatever. Listen, we got him we pre- on that field. We prevented that Kobe against LeBron matchup. Yeah. And that's something that we will forever. And, and, and listen, I've had the debate, uh, with, with the, the LeBron fans saying, oh, you guys are still holding on to it. How many years ago was it? It's so sad that, you know, that's, that's your only comeback. Well, it's okay. So what if it's my only comeback? I'm, I'm going to still use it because it's still true. It still it holds is. weight. It, it is. It still holds weight. And I, I know, I know. If I know one thing about LeBron is those little things hurt him. Like I don't care what you tell me, that still stinks to him. Just the same way that again, I'm a, I'm a Curry fan. Every single time Curry beat him in the playoffs in the finals, to this day he wants to get back at him for every single one of those finals that he lost. It, it's that simple. Again, it is what it is. It's a comment that again, I don't think if I was in his shoes, knowing that my voice carried such a strong message across the entire league. I, I, about any city in the NBA, I wouldn't make that comment just because, again, your voice carries. There's young players that look up to you. There's there's free agents that think about, hey, what will LeBron do? Hearing something like this, unfortunately, hurts Orlando in, in, in a way. You just got to hope that the players understand that maybe it was miscommunicated or maybe he didn't mean it that way that he did. Um, but again, it is what it is. I'm not going to spend any more time on LeBron. Um, good luck. Hopefully losing tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand what's like what's the hate with the Lakers in, in Orlando from Kuzma saying that, you know, he, you know, would rather, you know, not play any minutes and and play for the Lakers and instead of having more minutes, like yeah, leave leave Orlando alone, man. We ain't do none of y'all. Leave us yeah. alone. But it was it was good to see uh players like Anthony Simmons, who is local, say, you know, damn, I feel attacked, but it's a great city, man. You know, it's 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 good to see at least the the ones that come out of here, you know, kind of show a little respect. Let me ask you this. So Magic next season against the Lakers. LeBron coming on a fast break. Do you give him a little a little love on that fast break? 
I, I would. Would any of our players? Probably not. I put my money on James Ennis, but. I know MCW. You know, I got my money on MCW. If yeah, fast yeah. Break. I, I, I love to. I'd love to see MCW throw a little UFC elbow in there. That'd be yeah. nice to see. I'll be looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, enough with LeBron. So on on other news, there's there's been some video surfacing of RJ Hampton back in the lab. He's already working on his game, um, going through training, um, and he just recently um, made it back into Orlando and posted a, a video of the practice court at one o'clock in the morning working out. You know how how does that make you feel to see a a player like rookie? And and what's great about this is the fact that. Uh, even Jeff Wilman said that, you know, the the players have made a commitment to stay local, to stay here, to be able to work with the training staff, to be able to work with the team so that, you know, we we can really work and, and hone in on their skills. But how great is it to see a player um, like R.J. Hampton already back in town and, and already putting work in at one o'clock in the morning? Man, you, you love to see it. I know he he had posted a picture on the plane maybe a few hours before that. Then he posted another one saying back in Orlando and then at the gym. So this kid legit legit went from the airport to the basketball court to hit workout one in the morning. Um, and if there's one thing I've heard about RJ Hampton my entire time that I've known him as a player, it's how much of a hard worker he is. Like he loves being in the gym. I've heard similar things about Cole Anthony. Um, and you can see him working out also on IG um, out in LA right now. He's working out. Um, but man, as a young player, showing that, that drive to get better, you wanting to, to be a, a better player over the summer, it's crucial, not only for them individually, but for our team as well. Because um, if, if these dudes come back a better shooter, better dribbling, better attacking the rim, that's just more weapons for us, whether it's off the bench, in the starting lineup, whatever it may be. Um, and we know it. Those are three guys, really, that I think needed to have a really, really good summer. Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Mo Bamba. I think those are the three guys in my eyes they need to really, really hit the gym hard. And it's good to see two out of three <laughs> so far doing that. Mo Bamba, I think, is still enjoying vacation a little bit, but um, we've got plenty of time left here in the offseason. Yeah, leave, leave Mo Bamba alone, man. He needs some time to decompress. He does. He'll make, he it, does. He'll make it to the gym eventually. No, he will. But uh, I think, man, in my opinion, it's, it's great to see that drive that the young guys have. And, and I hope to see that continue throughout the offseason here coming up. Yeah, man, they, you want to be able to see your young bulls in there working now, working hard and getting better. And really exciting to see a sophomore Cole Anthony, a sophomore RJ Hampton, um, and and healthy and and more experienced and more confident. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing that you can really ask for. They you talk about so much of of and and Jeff Woman said this that he doesn't like. Uh, the the verbiage or the word, you know, slowing the game down, the phrase slowing the game down for players. But, you know, confidence allows you to be able to do that. It allows you to be able to, you know, take everything a little easier, let the game come to you, not rushing anything, get all the nervousness now, uh, nervousness out. Um, and it's great to see that he's on the court. So that's exciting. Yeah, man. I think those are two guys at next season. Well, again, whether it's off the bench or whatever, one of them starting, they're going to make a big, big difference in our team. And, and not only that, but think about Summer League. Aren't really two, two months and a half away? So I'm not sure if they'll get to play or not. I think we would see RJ Hampton playing in the, in the Summer League at the very least. Um, but that's their time to also shine and show what they've what they've been working on in the offseason. So it's going to be exciting. I think we'll be seeing a lot of that as, a, as the weeks go on here in the offseason. Yeah, Mr. Rookie of the Month for May, averaging 16 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists for the month of May. You know, all you can really ask for and hope for is that he continues to stay healthy, continues to work hard, and then, you know, that that game kind of transitions over to, to the next season. Now, Isaiah Briscoe, so he he got into the uh, some of the little news. So Isaiah Briscoe is now going to be entering the draft pool for the big three. It's exciting, right? Isaiah Briscoe was a fan favorite. Um it's it's unfortunate because he played a total of 39 games with us, averaged about 3.5 points a game, 14 minutes. Um, but then he had the little injury, and then we kind of we waved him immediately after. But for the most part, the time that he was able to play, we relied on him a lot, played really well. Um, when you see a player like that, that was well-liked and hasn't been able to make it back into the league, um, he... 
trains a lot with with um, uh, black ops basketball with, with Chris Brickley, I believe his the trainer's name is. And I kind of I, I follow it a little bit. And I expect it for him to eventually make it onto the team. It just didn't happen. Do you see it as you know a a something to cheer for, something to be excited about? Is it is it a good thing that he's entering the the big three pool to be able to play at least in that league, or do you see that as kind of a disappointment? Oh man, it honestly hurts to see him play. I mean, I'm torn because I'm, I want to see him play and obviously make some money out of, out of playing basketball, which is what he wants to do. But as a Magic fan, I mean, he was to me MCW before MCW. Like, he was playing that role of that gritty player, that backup point guard that we needed so bad during that stretch. Um, and he helped us win some games again before he got hurt. And then that turned into MCW coming in. Um, and we know what happened there. But I think for him, man, I, I just hope that he stays healthy, number one, and that he plays well enough to hopefully come back into the league and get another shot. Because I really felt like he played well in his time with, with the Magic. Um, again, he wasn't putting up incredible numbers, but the numbers that he put up made a difference in our team. And he, he did a good job being a backup point guard. Um, so for me personally, I just hope that this leads to something bigger because I think that his skills are good enough to be in the league in any team. Um, or at the very least, go back in the G League and get a shot to be showcased uh, there in the G League. But he's better than being at the big three. He's still young enough to to be at a higher level. Yeah, and who knows, man? Maybe maybe a little experience and a little exposure in the big three um, might lead to something more in the future, kind of similar to Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson did really, really well in the big three and ended up getting a, a contract. I want to say it was with the Pistons, um, but he was able to make that transition. Not a whole lot of that happening, um, but, you know, who knows? I say I consider that as, you know, a, a win for him because – Man, to to still be able to play basketball and get paid for it, you know, that's that's a privilege, man. Not not a lot of people are able to to say that they're professional basketball players. So whether or not that you think is is disappointing or not that great, man, for him it's is good news. So congratulations to him. That's right. Yep. Now, um, there was a recent report. This is a little off topic of the Orlando Magic, but still, man, it's, it's good to keep an eye on. Apparently. Evan Fournier, who is um, going to be a, a free agent, is asking, expecting to get a contract of about 15 to $20 million a year in free agency. First and foremost, thank God that's not us. All right. 15 to $20 million for Evan Fournier. So my question to you is, one, is he worth 15 to $20 million? And two, is he worth 15 to $20 million? <laughs> So we had this debates a lot with, with with Justin, right, in the past. And the expectation that he had was that we were going to have Evan Fournier getting a $100 million contract this offseason. He, he swore by it. In my opinion, I, they're talking about the Celtics potentially being that team that that maybe they want, they want to keep him and, and all these things. Who knows? There may be a team out there crazy enough to throw at him 15 to 17. It's that number for me. Think about Terrence Ross. He's legitimately a six man. That's what Terrence Ross does at this point in his career. He likes that role. He's making about $13, $14 million on a declining contract that we signed him. So when you compare the two of them, Fournier's a little bit younger. He could still be a starter in this league. He averaged close to 20 points per game this season. So I think he could get 15 to 17. 20, though? That once you cross that $20 million mark to me, is all-star level, really good quality player. I don't think that's Evan Fournier for me. I would not. If I was running a team, I would not go that high. I'll throw $16 million. If you want to take it, take it. But more than that, it's it's too much. And even the years, I wouldn't go more than like three years. So you don't think he stays in Boston? I think so. But if I know something about the Celtics is they, they're not the type of team that will throw money at you like crazy. They're very smart with their money. I mean, we know that they're going through some changes now, right? Yeah, who but knows? Who knows the direction now? There's a rumor that they might trade uh, Marcus Smart. So that may open up some more money for Evan Fournier. So it, it all depends. But I don't think, personally, there will be a team throwing at him $20 million. I, again, the Knicks, maybe? If they're desperate enough to, to, to continue to get better and add some talent, maybe. Um, but that's it, man. I, I definitely think that if he was still playing with the Magic, we would never give him $20 million. 
Yeah, and, and to kind of put it into perspective, so Hollinger had his list of top NBA shooting guards for this past 2021 20, season. <clears throat> now, this this list is ranked as a player efficiency rating, all right? So th <clears throat> this is how they're ranked. So currently, Evan Fournier was ranked 14th out of all the shooting guards in the NBA, 14th, all right? So he, <clears throat> he was over players like Victor Oladipo, R.J. Barrett, Buddy Heald. In comparison... That 13th spot went to Van Vliet. Van Vliet is getting paid four years, $85 million. All right. There's one player that's ahead of him. Zach Levine, who was ranked fourth, four years, $78 million for Zach Levine. All right. Joe Ingles, who was ranked 16th, four years, 52 mil. Some team is going to find where Evan Fournier is you know, valuable in his, his shooting, his, his offensive presence, somebody's going to find it valuable and somebody will end up paying. What I would like to see happen is for Chicago to find a way to bring Evan Fournier in and reconnect Evan and Vucevic. That would, to me, that would be fun to watch. I, I would root for them. Can you imagine <laughs> that, that, that would be uh how would that feel like as a magic fan seeing, seeing those two guys know. together again? I, you know what? It would be, um, I would be a little upset if, if you know, it worked. I'd be a little upset. It bothered me a little bit. Not a whole lot. I wouldn't lose any any sleep on it. Bother me a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna work. So that that that's an easy um, <laughs> that's an easy thing to forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, now now I have I have a question because we're we're gonna start talking about um, the draft in just a few moments and and kind of go through our our. Uh, weekly tankathon simulation. But before we do that, um, Tim Bodtemps reported that Bradley Beald, um, I guess it was a question that was asked after uh, the Wizards were eliminated, or whether or not he saw Washington Wizards as a long term option. All right. Um, being or taking a look at it from the magic perspective, would you cash in on your assets to bring in a player like? Bradley Beal. Man, I know we've been we've been debating this, me and you, uh, via text the last couple of days. It's tough. That's what I'm going to say, man. It's tough because, like I texted you yesterday, it's not every day you can get a player in the NBA. Like, think about this right now. In the NBA this season, top two scorers, Stephen Curry, Bradley Beal, by like an inch. How hard is it to get a, a level of talent that high? on your team. It's not easy. So if Bradley Beal was asked, hey, Orlando wants to trade for you, they're interested in you, but they want to make sure that you would sign an extension if we, if we trade you to Orlando, are you okay with that? And he says, hey, young players, they look good on, on paper. I'm okay with that. As the front office of the Magic, you have a tough choice to make, man, because yeah, we can draft Cade, Jalen Green this season. But Bradley Beal is 27 years old. This is the prime of his career he's in right now. He's about to enter age 27 to now maybe 33, where he can play at a really, really high level. So the next six seasons. The question you got to ask yourself is, is he that piece that can take you to the next level? Is he that guy that can take you to the second round of the playoffs? If the young players plan out, pan out the way that we expect them to. And of course, the cost. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a PG-13 uh, hall? Are we talking about a you know, major hall? Drew Holiday type of hall? Then maybe not. But if you can say to the Washington Wizards, hey, we can give you our top two, top 10 picks this season, a guy like Mo Bamba, and maybe one more pick in the future, that's top quality. Like, that's a lot of good young talent. And maybe a guy like Gary Harris, who's expiring after the, the end of the season. So all of a sudden, they got cap flexibility, they got good picks, and, and a young player in Mo Bamba to develop. You got to think about it, but, but at the end of the day, if, if it was my team and I'm running them, I want to see this rebuild play out. I wouldn't want to hit fast forward just yet. I don't think the magic are that good on paper or talent wise just yet to be one piece away to win a ring or to make it to the finals. Like we're not there yet. If this was maybe next season at the end of next season, maybe, but we're not, we don't know yet how the, how good this team can be. Um, so I wouldn't throw my chips on the table yet and cash it in on him just yet. Yeah, stay away from Bradley Beal. It's enticing. We haven't had an offensive presence like Bradley Beal in such a long, long time. 
Um, at the same time, you're right. You know, he's 27 years old. He's so young. Uh, he's old. He So he signed an extension with the Wizards. And right now he's on a two-year extension for the this upcoming season, 34 million. Huh. Season after that, 37 million. Then he becomes a free agent. So we pay him that amount of money. Let's say we make the move. Let's say he doesn't want to sign an extension. If I'm him, I'm not signing an extension. For what? For what reason? By the time that his contract is up, it's going to be right before his 30s. Now he's going to be able to decide for the very first time, where do I want to go? Who do I want to play for? And I'm not, I'm not ready to give that up. I'm not ready to give up. Not this draft class. Maybe last year's draft class. Maybe. This draft class? No, 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 no. You want you want a Bradley Beal? Draft Jalen Green. That's your that's your player comp right there. Draft yeah. Jalen Green. You, I promise you, you'll be paying way less. But who knows? It, it's it's really preference, right? Do you want the for sure, or do you want the maybe? And that's the thing, you know. I'm it, okay with not paying that much money and and going with the maybe for right now. If we if we still had Nikola Vucevic, if we had Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, if we still had that group of guys, hundred percent, no questions asked, you make that deal. Um, but just kind of seeing what OKC was able to get, Paul George, James Harden trade, I'm I'm still so confused about what the hell Houston was thinking. Yeah, but let's focus on on OKC and Paul George. They got so much, so much. That if I am Washington, I'm trying to get equivalent to what they did. They said they said the blueprint for trading an all-star, a superstar. And not and even that, but we're gonna Drew, follow them. Drew Holiday got an incredible haul too. The same, yeah. No, I'm good. I passed. So Super that's the pass. thing. That's the thing, man. Like again, I'm all about getting the short thing, right? Because we we need talent. And not only talent, we need a top-tier talent in this team. We know that. But what it's going to cost you, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. So unless you can do kind of like a Clippers move where you say, hey, Bradley Beal comes here, but then that means we're going to trade also for another player or sign another player in free agency that wants to play with you in Orlando and make it like a super team of sorts with Jonathan Isaac and Markel and all these guys. Okay. But that's an unknown right now. To me, Bradley Beal by himself, it's not good enough to take us to the next level. Because again, what has he done with Wizards? where he's played with John Wall and now Russell Westbrook. Same thing we did last year. They lost in the first round. Yep. So that's the thing, man. Like, he's an amazing scorer, but I think he needs another player that is a caliber player next to him to make that make sense. Um, and I, I mean, don't think, again, we're I mean, there yet. Westbrook is, you know, averaging his triple-double. You know, he has another player there that is is able to do the same, if not way more. So, yeah, I'm Okay. Well, I'll take my chances with, with this upcoming draft pick. Yeah, no. If it's gonna cost you like one of the top again, the top pick in this year's draft, you you can't do that now. If you can some way somehow negotiate it where you don't include this year's top pick, which I think that'll be highly li- unlikely. It, it, again, you 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 gotta have a conversation, but I don't think you pull the trigger. Yeah, and this this front office they they've made it a priority not to mortgage their their future. So that's right. All right, so let's now I'm in the mood. I'm in the I'm in the big mood. Let's see. I'm I'm ready to test my luck. So let's go ahead and set up the simulation. So I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. I'm gonna run it and I'm gonna ask you what you would do. Okay. So this week will be your uh, week to do this. Let's All do right. it. So we got it on the screen here. And again, those are not that are not watching on YouTube, we have the Tankathon website pulled up. We're about to hit sim lottery. I got my got my rabbit's foot, got my fingers crossed. Got mismatched socks. Hey, Orlando Magic select the third pick in the NBA draft. Really? Did you hit the sim? Because right I now did. it's kind of so. To those that are not watch, again, to those that are not watching on YouTube, Minnesota jumped up to number one. Cleveland okay. number yep. two, Orlando three, Houston four, Detroit five. Also, the Magic got the eighth pick. For the Bulls. So we kept that as well. So, Anthony, if you are Jeff Waldman and you have the third pick and the eighth pick, what do you do? 
So it's interesting because I was reading um, the Kevin O'Connor from the ringer just came out with his um, updated NBA draft guide where he kind of breaks down all the different draft prospects and, you know, where, where he thinks based on, you know, the, the teams as they are where they would draft. And in this guide, he had the Orlando magic at the third pick. And what was interesting is the way that he worded it was, you know, the magic can go a lot of different routes. Kamingo would be the best fit. That's what he said. The Magic have the option of going with Suggs. They can do a lot of different things. But ultimately, he felt the Orlando Magic would select Jalen Green. Jalen Green, all right, should not go past three. There's no way, in my opinion, there's no way that Jalen Green gets past three. It's right now Cade, one, two, depending on who drafts, could really it can go either way. Right? It can be Mobley, it can be it can be green. But there's no way that green passes three. If the Magic are at three, you draft whoever is remaining between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. So in this instance, we're going to pretend. Uh, bring, bring it up again so I can take a look bring at it. Bring it up real quick. <clears throat> so you got the uh, Minnesota first. Minnesota first. So they're they're going with the the consensus. All right. They're they're going with with Kane. Cleveland. Uh, they're they're gonna go with. Could they go with Mobley? Mm, I would imagine so. There, there's no way because you have to draft the best player available. At the same time, they're they're having talks about you know moving on from from Colin Sexton, but they have Garland. They they have a good uh, amount of guards. So I, I feel comfortable with Cleveland going going with Mobley. Jalen Green got to go. Jalen Green three, hands down. Too easy. So then it's it's hard to know right where we would be at number eight because again a number of things could happen, but. Let me ask you this first. Would you make a trade and try to get a vet with that pick? Or would you actually look to draft somebody with that pick? So the the great thing about Minnesota with one is they they have talented players on their roster. I think if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I'm not giving up Cade, but it could be enticing for them. Um I would try if if you're three, I would I would at least have the conversation with Minnesota. I'm not sure what be because you would imagine that you would want to leverage a player like Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba wouldn't be, you know, someone that Minnesota's interested in. Um, so I'm not sure exactly who they would want, but I would definitely knock on the door and, and kind of see what you're able to do because you know, this as long as you're in the top five, you know, you're you're gonna get an elite level player. It's just there's there's a gap between Cade and Mobley. Oh, for sure. There's a gap. There's a gap between you know uh, Mobley and Green with Suggs and and Kuminga. Mm-hmm. There's that. There's a there's like a three tier within that top five. Um, so moving from first to third, you know you're you won't get entirely the the same level. But you know if you're able to get if you're number one, you have all the leverage in the world. All right, you can decide who you feel is the best player for you. And you can kind of leverage and take advantage of a team like us who really wants that that level of talent in Kate. Really, really wants that. So if you feel like Jalen Green is your guy and you're able to get a little bit more, why not? Why not take advantage? So right. Jalen Green three, for sure. Now I'm going to put you on the spot because you're a little more uh, savvy with the, the six through ten. Who would you be drafting with that eighth pick? Oh man. Um, so again, depending on what how things play out, right? We we gotta figure that out. But um it's tough. I, I don't I wouldn't think the magic would draft another guard just because again, if they if they get Jalen Green in this scenario, we have way too many guards as it is. So I'm like, who who would be out there for the magic to get? And I'm looking here at the board real quick on NBA draft.net. Um, so I'll be looking for a big guy just because. I think we wouldn't draft two guards. So it would either be Scotty Barnes if he drops to eight, which I don't think he will. Oh, man. Um, the only other name, which it will be a reach, though, is Kai Jones, who's a center. Um, and you would think of him as being that third-string center this upcoming season if we keep Mobamba and, and Carter Jr. Um those are two guys that I could see the Magic trying to get at that number eight. But again, that may be a reach for Kai Jones. Now, who I would prefer 
in in a perfect world who we could draft. And I'm getting here the uh, names again, just to make sure I get the night the right one. Uh, Moses Moody is a guy that I truly like. Again, shot creator, can hit shots, scorer. And what's the name of the kid from from um, Kentucky, uh, Connecticut? James is it Book Knight? Uh, what is that guy's name? I believe it's James. Some Booknight. something like that. So he's a, those are two guys, in my opinion, that can immediately score in the NBA. And again, with the Magic, our struggles have been what scoring the ball the past few seasons. So I would be okay with the Magic picking two guards that that high in the draft. I just don't know how it all plays out with our roster the way it stands. Um, so that's why I think the Magic would look at to, to drafting again a Jalen Green. I would love that, but then maybe a power forward or a center with that, um, or a small forward for that matter, with that eighth pick. Um, so I would think Jalen Johnson, Kai Jones, those are the type of guys that I think the Magic might look at. But then again, they're kind of reaching with that number eight pick if they go that route. Yeah, the Magic could go uh, with. Corey Kispert, is that how you pronounce his name? It it would be nice for the Magic to kind of go. So the way that I always saw it is when you're you're drafting, and granted, it's still still in the lottery, so you can still get a really great quality player. But I would love for the Magic to kind of go after a, a specialist, a specialist in that field. And we need shooting. We can't get enough shooting. We don't know what's going to end up happening with Terrence Ross in a couple of years. We don't know if the Magic decide to move on from him. If that's the case then we need to replace his shooting. There's no one else on the roster that can shoot at that level that Terrence Ross is shooting at. And you need to be able to have as many shooters, especially in today's NBA, as possible. Um, and from everything that I read and all my understanding is that he is he's definitely one of the best shooters in, the, in, in this draft. So that's someone that I would keep an eye on as well. Yeah, he's one of my favorite guys. Again, is he top eight Talent, I'm not sure. But then, like you mentioned, at that point, I will look. If we get like a guy like Jalen Green, I'm okay going after a specialist at that point again. And we need shooting. Um, so he makes sense with that pick as well. It's just, again, a matter of do you potentially see the Magic drafting two guards slash forwards with such high picks in the draft? That's the thing that I'm not quite sure. But he makes perfect sense in our team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. I, I felt like the, um, the last two times that we did the simulations, we were not happy with the outcome. We drafted, I think the first one was uh, six, then we went five, now we're three. So we're we're climbing up that top five. So um, uh, hopefully next next time we, we get better and better and then ultimately leading up to the actual lottery, we get to exactly where we want and want to see this team end up drafting at. That's the one that matters. Yeah, that's the that's the most. All, all this is just for fun and games, and then the real ones when it when it hits. Um, now let's let's get into just a couple of our mailbags. All right. So um, yesterday we asked on our social media page, you know, for for our listeners to send in some of their questions, and this very first one that we're going to read off of is coming from Biggs Lover Eleven, who asks, "Who will be the best Magic player in ten years from now?" Sheesh, that's going that's going that's deep. Long, huh? That's a long time. Um, to and also to put this, put this in perspective, you know, ten years is man, that's a decade. That's a decade. That's a um, long time. So they be with might, the same team. They might be with the Magic, or they may not be at that point, right? But we're talking True. about current True. player. That would be the best player in 10 years. Um, I'm assuming they're all healthy, right? No, no injuries. I'm going to say that will be Jonathan Isaac. Um, he Ooh. has the skills, the skills to last a long time in this league. Number one, you can't teach defense and you can't teach length, which this kid has already from day one. If he can consistently score the ball, he's going to be a beast in this league for many, many years. The main question is health. So to not go too deep into explanations here, I would say Jonathan Isaac would be that person. Uh, I'm going to go on a flyer, and I'm going to say R.J. Hampton. Hmm. Um, just because I'm I'm a fan of R.J. Hampton, I like what he brings. Uh, he's a wing player. Um, hasn't really dealt with, with major injuries like a Jonathan Isaac, and he's the one player that I'm really, really hoping that it's a, it's a long-term deal with the Orlando Magic. So 10 years from now, Longevity, I'm going with R.J. Hampton. 
that's that's a good one. All right. So this next one comes from Escoso Fresco, who says, love what Coach Clifford has done, but he's not right for us right now. Who can replace him? Another thing we've talked about via text the last few, the last few weeks. Um, so assuming the magic part ways with Coach Clifford, which still up in the air, right? We haven't gotten confirmation that he's been signed to an extension. We haven't gotten confirmation of anything as of, as of today. Two guys that jump into um, into my list right away would be Kenny Atkinson, who was the coach of the Brooklyn Nets uh, up until a few years ago, or two years ago, and Minnesota's assistant um, head coach, David Vanderpool. Just two names that to me come right away. So David Vanderpool interviewed when he um, when the Magic decided to hire Coach Clifford, and he was a finalist for the job. So that automatically, in my opinion, makes him a, a finalist for this round as well. Because one thing we know about our front office is they love to play that game of, hey, we, we met with them before. We liked them. They were in the final list. We'll consider them again. One thing I like about him, players in the NBA love him. From Dame Lillard to all the guys that have worked with him in the, pa- have worked with him in the past, they've said that they like the way that he coaches. He's a great coach, great for a young team. Um, so that intrigues me about him. Now, Kenny Atkinson, if, if you saw the Nets, the way they were built from 2016 to 2019, they did an amazing job developing talent in that team, making them from a bottom feeder in the league to a playoff team with him uh, being the coach. The most fun thing to me about him is the on- offensive side of things. He believes in three, uh, shooting threes and attacking the rim. So modern NBA offense, which we haven't seen in Orlando in 12, 12, 13 years since Van Gundy introduced the uh, five and out type of offense with uh, with Dwight um, back in 09. So those are two names that come to mind. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to this topic? I'm not off the Clifford bandwagon. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a bandwagon. I'm not off the Clifford clipboard. <laughs> All right, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not off of Clifford yet. I think that right now uh, it, it's important to have the same voice. It's important to have um, continuity because we've already done the whole, you know, let's let's bring this person in for the young players, and then that didn't work out. So let's bring this person in, and you know, you you take a look at how that really impacted Alfred Payne, Victor Oladipo, Aaron Gordon. That really hindered their development. Mm-hmm. And my fear is we we need to learn from our past. So as long as Clifford is okay with it. As long as he's open to the idea of kind of restarting and rebuilding, then I think that he's the perfect person. And when I say perfect, I mean, I get that, you know, people have concerns with his rotations and him wanting to play vets. And I get that. But he doesn't sugarcoat anything, man. And he holds the players accountable. One of the issues that we had with Frank Vogel was that the players themselves didn't feel like they held anyone accountable. This is a person that is able to do that. Um, now, let's say that, yeah, okay, he doesn't want to come back. So, you know, we need to figure something out. Somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing. And when I say I don't mind seeing, I'm, I'm going based on me wanting to have a coach that was a respectable player before. I'm not talking Jack Vaughn. I'm talking about maybe somebody like maybe Jason Kidd. A player that, you know, it's it's the players now can kind of look up to. He's one of the best point guards to ever play the game. So just imagine the type of knowledge that he's able to give. Um, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, the younger guards. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's he's a player, he's a, he, a former player. He's able to relate a little bit more. You know, this is also coming from John Hammond that, I mean, hopefully I'm not wrong on this, but I would imagine John Hammond was the one that hired Jason Kidd. I believe that it was the same time frame. So there's already a a relationship there. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, maybe he's also the same guy that fired him. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know. But he's he's definitely somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing seeing him coach the Magic as well. Dream world would be Penny. Oh, yeah. Dream world. That would be the dream world. What about a guy like Chauncey Billups that has been mentioned for so many years now about the coaching in the coaching world. What do you think about that? If the magic went that route? 
does he want a head coach? Because I, I yeah. saw his name listed as um as a front runner for the Celtics, one of the front runners. Um, but I thought from my understanding, didn't he want more of a front office role? I know that there was talks on uh there was some type of magic connection previously in the past. I didn't know if that was for the PBO role or or whatever the case may be, but I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Again, another former player that's able to relate to the players now. Uh, championship, uh, championship, you know, small time period kind of play for the Magic in the past. Yeah, there's a link. Yeah, I there's, mind. A link. <laughs> there's a link. You know how the Orlando Magic ownership, they love their links. Yeah, I think, I mean, if that was the case, you couldn't go wrong with either one. If you went to go with Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups, again, it's that player the guy that has experience in the nba has won a ring um but we'll see i think it's too early for us to tell we don't know yet what's going to happen uh with, with coach clifford and like you said i wouldn't be opposed to him staying in orlando um because like you said we do need to kind of build a consistency a consistency around this team and have a clear voice uh you know it, i think it's needed for so many years we haven't had that it's nice to kind of see it over the last uh few seasons in orlando to just kind of give up on that all of a sudden yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Uh, we should be finding out soon enough whether or not, um, you know, he'll he'll be coming back. So we'll see. All right. This last one comes from Joshua Richard 19 underscore. Would you agree that next year, anything less than the playing tournament would be a failure? Hmm. That's a good one. Um. I'm going to say it depends what we do this offseason. We, we, it's too early to tell. Um, if we end up with a top three pick, keeping the Bulls pick and adding some solid vets via free agency, then I would say it is. Now, if things don't work out in our favor and we don't get the picks that we're supposed to get, free agency doesn't go our way, our roster's kind of shaky, then no, we're, we're going to be very young with J.I. Markel coming off injuries. I would like to see them fighting for a playing, playing tournament seed. But I think it will be too early for them to kind of be in that conversation. But if things work out in our favor like we want them to, I think it would be. Because I think we're way too talented in the East to not be in the – at least in the playing tournament. Yeah, in my opinion, the East is so wide open um, that I I think that this team is talented enough to where they're able to make noise. But the playing tournament is, you know, it's you're, you're in essence having a playoff – of 10 total teams in the East. You know, I, I think that the Magic are, are, again, talented enough to where, you know, in the addition of whoever it is that we decide to draft is able to contribute right away. You're looking at hopefully a healthy Jonathan Isaac, hopefully a healthy Markel Fultz, um, uh, another year of sophomore Chumo Kiki, Cole Anthony, Archie Hampton, so on and so forth. You know, you're you're hoping that, they're able to to compete and and be fun to watch. So, I I would consider it. Why why can't that be? Why can't that be the goal? Uh, I'm tired of of lasting. The ending of last season was just so draining, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing more than you know loving the team as much as you do and watching them play game in and game out and wanting them to lose, like. I don't. I don't want that. I want them to come out guns blazing and and end up playing really good basketball early on and and be competitive and and learn and grow and you know the playing tournament and not even the playing tournament. That's where we land. That's where we land. The goal should definitely be to make the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, like I told you before, I don't think this rebuild needs to be something that lasts you know four or five seasons before we come back to being a a good team. Um, so I think making the playing tournament at the very least should be a goal for the team next season. It shouldn't be no less than that. Again, we were talented enough, I feel, with our current roster, let alone the pieces that are coming in, the draft picks and the free agents that are coming in. Just the way we're playing last season, man. Like we we looked great when when the team was healthy. Um, after the all-star break when we made the trades and Ross was playing and all the guys were playing, like we look great. So I don't see yeah. why that can continue. Um, so I think the, the goal should be at the very least to make the the playing tournament. Couldn't agree more. Uh, appreciate everyone sending in your questions. Um, we'll we'll be setting this up a little bit more later on in the week. That way we can kind of keep this mailbag rolling. Um, on that note, Al, what are your final thoughts? 
Final thoughts, man. We are about what two and a half weeks uh, before the lottery, so huge couple of weeks coming up for the Magic. I think we should find out by then. More news on the coaching search. More news on the front office extension. Hopefully, um, and then, man, things kind of get real after that because then we know where we stand. And free agencies right after the, the draft, so a lot kind of coming up here over the next uh, couple of months. So my focus is on man, just this team making the right moves. Um, whatever they decide to do with the coaching situation, that's crucial to the future of our team. Um, so I think we need to address that early on. We cannot drag this on until after the lottery and into the draft. In my opinion, this will be addressed within the next week or two at the max. Um, that way, our team knows the voice they're listening to. And which way they're going, because uh, it should have been dragged on more than the next couple of weeks, if you ask me. Yeah, I would keep an eye on our on our players off season. Um, you know, our, our players are really active on social media. I've already seen videos of Wendell Carter Jr. working out, RJ Hampton working out, um, Cole Anthony. Um, I haven't seen videos of Cole Anthony, but he's taking pictures of him at, you know, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep an eye on them, man. It's, it's, it's right now. There's not a whole lot of content. Um, it's a little dry, um, until the NBA lottery. So, um, just keep a, keep an eye out on, you know, the, the, the videos of them working out. You can kind of already see a little, little extra explosiveness, um, uh, from RJ Hampton. So that's always fun to watch, but you know, it's, it's great to see, uh, these players already in the gym and, and getting into work, um, for the off season and, and, you know, we're only a couple of weeks out for the next step of, of this rebuild. Almost there, man. I know I can't wait. Almost, almost. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you all for watching and listening. And that's a wrap for us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.